application to the life of our church. So we have been looking at faith in terms of, you know, increasing our own faith as believers, as, uh, you know, children of God, as men and women and, and all that, and how to, you know, be better Christians, uh, how to continue, you know, uh, to use our faith to be light in the world. But the church itself, uh, you know, when we bring ourselves together, when we gather together, uh, the church itself, our gathering itself has a life of its own. It has a life of its own. It breathes. Uh, we put energy into, into the church. We put energy into everything that we do together. And our gathering together has enormous power and influence. Um, it has enormous power and influence. And that's why the scripture says we should not, that we should, we should take uh, very seriously, you know, the coming together of the, of the saint, the gathering of the saint is not something that we should neglect. So if it's not important, the scripture will not encourage us to do that. So there, um, this is going to be very short because I wanted us to, to start to think, even as, as you are listening, uh, I want us to, because as time goes on, things are beginning to open up and by God's grace, we will open up. And even before then, you know, even while we are home and just meeting via Zoom and all that, um, there's still some things we can do, like uh, in the collective as a church. Amen. So I want us to think, and I have two questions here. I think there are two of them. And I want us to begin to think and ponder on those questions. One is, how can I, as a member of CLA, ensure that in my church community, faith is not only formed but continues to grow? So what, basically, what is my role? What is your role? You know, in the collective, as part of a collective, as part of a church, what is your role in ensuring that in our, in our own community that God Almighty has called us together to be together in? How, what is my role in ensuring that faith is formed and it continues to grow? That is one. Two, how can we as a church foster the faith of the collective such that our immediate community is impacted? So I want us to begin to think. If you, if you like, you can get a pen and just be writing stuff down, maybe ideas and, and stuff, and then hopefully we'll have time at the, you know, at the end to just look at those things and the pastor can look at them and put them in the parking lot as to do, to do stuff. Um, so... Uh, the second question again was, how can we as a church foster the faith of the collective so that our immediate community is impacted? So like I said, I want us to begin to chew on that and then we will come back to it. So uh, before I start, I just want to say that like everyone has been has said the past three weeks, uh, our faith must be in Christ. We must put our faith in Christ. Right, because um, we must put our faith in Christ. Because Jesus alone is the one that has the power to move every mountain in our lives and to do, to meet mm -hmm. our needs and to to um, to hear our prayers. But He will use man, He will use woman uh, to do that for us. So the church has the power and can be very instrumental in the formation of parishioners' faith. 
So I want us to put, put a heart on of, I'm part of a faith community. I have, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of God, I'm a Christian, and I walk the walk of faith. On one hand, on the other hand, I'm part of a faith community. I'm part of a community that professes faith. And everything we do in the community of God in the, in the church is by faith, similar to what we do in our individual homes and our, our individual lives. Praise the Lord. So we must understand that people are transformed through their participation in the church. People are transformed. When people come to church, we've said it you know, countless times, that people come to church for various reasons. So one of the ways that people are impacted, you know, uh, is by, you know, having their faith increased, their faith in God increased when they participate in the life of the church. So by what they hear, what they see, what they are part of, they are transformed through all those avenues. So as people as part of a faith community, we must always ensure that we sharpen one another through expression of our own faith. And we must not fail to testify when our faith in God has yielded praise testimonies. Hallelujah. So um, let's see. I want us to look at the book of, uh, the book of James, James 5. 14 to 15. James 5, 14 to 15. And it says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. So that again tells us that the church is significant. The church is, the person that is sick has faith, Right? that when I call on my church people to pray for me, that person is joining his faith to the faith of the collective, to the faith of the church. When they pray for me, you know, something will happen. Verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven. So, the faith of the collective is very, very important. Um, also, knowing that, knowing what faith is or what increasing in faith is, is really not the end goal. Um, as a church, similar to us as individuals, we must also put uh, the faith of our church to work. We must put the faith of our church to work. And I think as I'm talking, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting that God is giving us ideas. How can we as, as, as a church put our faith to work? How can we put our faith to work? I'm not talking about you as individual now, as a church, when all of us come together, what we are doing in the gathering of the saints, what, how can we put our faith to, to work as a church? Uh, I have a good analogy here, like, uh, you know, a physician, a medical doctor who has, who has, you know, gone for training and done all that. Um, and I think it will be pointless if that person 
you know, still causing himself or herself a doctor when he or she never treats anyone, right? He has the knowledge and potentials, but those are not being put to use. They are not being put to use. So even as a church, right, we have so much faith because we are people of God. And that's one of the gifts of God that is found amongst us. So we have some, what, are we, what are we going to do with the, with the faith of the collective, with the faith of the church? How are we going to use it to impact our immediate community? Amen. So as a church, uh, we must put our faith to work. We must put our faith to work. And when, when I got to that point, the, the, the Bible story that came to my mind was... Um, uh, was Peter at the gate of uh, the uh, beautiful temple. Uh, and that was Peter putting faith to work, right? He, was, he, was, he put the faith that he has to work. Uh, we can go to that. I think it's in Acts 3, Acts 3, 5 to 10. Acts 3, 5 to 10. <clears throat> Acts chapter 3, verse 5. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. And that's uh, if we backtrack, if we go to verse 2 or verse 1. Let's actually start from verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Verse 3, who seemed Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter says, silver and gold I have none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what, at that which had happened to him. So that was faith in action. That was faith at work. So as a church, right, as a church, apart from us individuals exercising our faith, in maybe even in the mundane things of life, uh, the big things, uh, the small things, as the church, that's where just that's that's just where my mind was. My mind was really not at individuals because we have really thoroughly dealt with that. But as a church, how can we use the faith of all of us, right? as a church, representing our church, how can we use that to impact? What can we, how can we put it to work? Even much more than we are already doing. God will help us and give us insight in Jesus' name.
we are transformed through the fellowship of one another and through the practice of our Christian discipline that we observe. When we sing, when we pray, when we worship together, we break bread, it is not for show. It is not, it is not just a routine. These are disciplines and practices that brings our faith together, that binds us together. Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. And I read, and it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So that is extremely important. So when we observe all these Christian uh, practices and disciplines, it builds our faith. It builds our faith. There are countless testimonies of people who, you know, they say, you know, during praise worship or during prayers or during whatever, you know, something happened to them. God touched them. They, they, they received their healing. You know, they receive peace, you know. So when we do all those things together, we should not neglect the coming together of, of us doing those things. It is powerful. It is powerful. If it's not, uh, the scripture would not have, have encouraged us to continue to do that. So let the message of Christ dwell in you. Let it dwell richly. And just, you know, practicing putting all those Christian practices, you know, to, to work. And knowing fully well that when we do that, our faith in the collective is increased. And individually, God is working the work that he alone can work in our lives. We must be careful in the way we live our lives so that we can be a good example. I'm sure we have talked about this the past three weeks. Um, you might think what you do or how you live your life is no one's business. There are some people that have that notion, even in the church, right? It's, you know, uh, there are people that just compartmentalize. Oh, I was able to say that in one word. That's good. Compartmentalize their lives. This is my church life, and this is my home life. This is my work life, and that's my social life, and that is that. It ought not to be so. It ought not to be so, but we must be careful in the way that we live our life. We must be good examples. You know, we must think uh, about the things that we do, how we live. Uh, we must, some, like I said, some may think it's no one's business, but this is far from the truth, right? Everything that we do have impacts, have impacts. The impact might not be immediate, but it's still there the impact will still be there. Uh, what the story that came to my mind when I thought of this, of this point was um, the story of Eka in Joshua 7. It's a very long one. It's a very long read. So we may not be able to read it, but we all know, we all know the, um, the story of Eka, right? It took, it took the accosting. When God said, destroy everything, do all that God gave instruction, but he felt he needed something, right? And he hid it. He buried it. He said he buried it in the back of his tent or something. And then because of that, the war that they were supposed to win, 
right? They were beaten mercilessly. And Joshua went to God and, and, and God said to Joshua, you know, this is, this is what it is. And at the end of the day, to cut the long story short, Achan was identified, you know. And what happened to him, not only him, faced the consequence. All his household. Can you imagine? All his household. So everything that we do as individuals, as part of, a, 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 of the collective, it will impact the collective. It will impact us. So don't say, you know, my church, I come to church, and when I give my two or three hours, it is nobody's business. If that has been our approach or our attitude, I pray that God Almighty will change our perspective. And uh, because when we, when we live that way or have that perspective, how can, we, how can we be the light of the world? How can we be the salt of the earth? How can we do that? So God Almighty will help us in Jesus' name. We mustn't allow, you know, um, have a, I, I like to use some, some fancy words. Um, you know, we, we, I said we must be careful not to allow our junks to pile up and smell so much that when other believers watch, hear, or see us, that they will lose their faith. You know, there are some things that we have heard about, you know, some people of God that you are like, what? You know, and if your faith is not strong, if you are not matured, you know, uh, some people have kind of backslided because of the things they see and watch their so-called role model, people that they respect, they honor, they look up to, you know, when they watch them do some stuff or they hear that they, they do some stuff, it just it demoralizes them and it breaks them down, you know. And that's why it's important that as part of the collective, we need to, we need to be cognizant of that, that people are watching us, that we are not all at the same level. You know, some are so matured in their faith that by God's grace, nothing shakes them, right? They know where to go. They know where to hide the secret place. When storm is coming, they quickly dive. But there are some people that don't know how to dive. They are still learning. They are still building their faith. So we have to always take those people into account. We have to take them into account. Achan, I said, became an hindrance to Israel. It became an hindrance. And at the end of the day, he did not only lose his life. All, all is, I don't even know. Everybody that was associated with him, they were all stoned and, 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 just, and just thrown out. You know, that will not be a portion in Jesus' name. So you may say, I'm not responsible for any, anyone else's fate. You know? Uh, you may say I'm not responsible, but check the scriptures. We read in Hebrews, all the heroes of faith, all the people that we read about in the scriptures and, you know, how their faith was built and how, how by faith people were healed and all that. And those are the stories, those are the accounts that we read that boost, increases our own faith. Because when we see those accounts and we are like, wow, God can do this. Wow, I, I trust God to do that for me as well. So those are the ways we build our faith. So we cannot really say you are, you are not responsible for anyone's faith. Bible says iron sharpens iron, right? How does iron sharpen? How do they sharpen one another without being together, right? So we are connected. We are connected. One body, one blood, one faith, one spirit, one faith, right? One Jesus. So we are connected by Jesus. We are connected by the cross. So your faith, your, your faith, you know, impacts on mine, mine impacts on yours. Hallelujah. 
So we must endeavor to be, you know, our brother's keeper and uh, we must be responsible and accountable to each other. I think that's one thing that is so missing in the church. Um, a lot of us don't have people that we are accountable to. We just, we, just, we just do our thing. We are not accountable. You know, someone that you look up to, someone that you know that, wow, they can, they can call you to order, right? Someone that when you, when you take the wrong step, everyone needs somebody like that in their lives, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are. Um, if you if you don't have such such a person in your life right now, I pray that God will direct somebody to you and somebody that will be, you know, somebody that will have the spirit of truth, right? Spirit of a genuine loving spirit, you know, somebody that is filled with the Holy Ghost that will be able to yank your chain. Like, what do you think you are doing? We all need that kind of people in our lives. If not, we would think we have arrived, we have made it. And when people begin to feel that way, you know, it's the beginning of, of uh, something not really good. Um, so when, you know, we, are, we work in the collective, I sincerely believe that, you know, God, that is the safety, that is a safety guard, is one of the safety guard. I strongly believe it. That is one of the safety guard that God has placed around us. God has placed around me as an individual, around you as an individual, where you are part of a collective. There is a safety. There is a safety. And I also want to believe that God does not make a mistake. There's a reason why you are in CLA at, this, at such a time as this. There's a reason why you are not somewhere else. And that's not to say you cannot be somewhere else tomorrow. What I'm talking about today, there's a reason why you are here today. And I believe that one of those reasons is that God is using this community of faith to build a safe edge around you, to build a safety net around you. Amen. Um, so you have an obligation to desist from doing what might cause another to lose their faith. We have an obligation. We have an obligation. I know in our own selfish way, and, you know, it's my life kind of way, you know, um, I can do whatever. But as people of faith who work in the collective, who serve in the collective, um, who worship together, pray together, you know, we, we, we cannot live our lives like that. We have an obligation. In our midst, in our church, we have, we have young mothers, right? We have people like Bisoyi that are up and coming. So the older ones have an obligation. We have an obligation to make sure, you know, we support them. We have an obligation to, 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 to nurture them, to help them, to direct them. We have an obligation to do that. So we all have an obligation. The same way the church in the collective have an obligation to our immediate community. But that is one of the ways our lights can shine. Hallelujah. People have to have, know that we are there. People have to, to, to feel our impact. Amen. Um, so the church community for some I have here, I say, is a lifeline. The church community for some is a lifeline. Some people have such a serious nurturing story you know, um, serious childhood accounts that they cannot even tell you. And perhaps the church is 
the safest place for them. You know, we all don't share the things that has gone on. How did you grow up? How were you nurtured? How were you socialized? All those sort of... We, we, we really don't have the opportunity to share that you know, when, when we come together, unless God gives us, you know, the, 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 the grace to do that. Um, so the church for many is a lifeline. So when we see people, where I'm going with this is that when we see people, we must be careful, right? We must be careful as a church, as a body. There are so many people that have gone through a lot in life. And also, I know you must have heard a lot of stories. There are so many people who come to church and they've been traumatized and re-traumatized, victimized and re-victimized in the church. Right? So that's why in the collective, we have to pay attention. And when we are a brother's keeper, such things will be far from our midst. Because when I pay attention to you, when you pay attention to me, then such things, that, that means we are connected, right? We, I'm, I'm so sensitive towards you, right? I'm so sensitive. I'm so sensitive. Not, not that you are working, working on eggshell, but I'm so, just because, you know, um, I, just, I just hold you in high esteem and I treasure you. That's the word I'm trying to look for. I treasure you, right? So when we treasure each other, there will not be room for victimization. Like people come to church, they get traumatized. It's such a nasty story. The church is supposed to be a safe place. So we as a community in, in CLA, you know, and I hope you are still putting on your, your thinking cap. How can we, in tangible ways, you know, make our church a safe place for people? Hallelujah. Because God is taking us somewhere. We are, we, are, we, are, we are so big right now. This is when we need to do the work so that when people come, they will know that foundation has been laid. And whatever the foundation we lay is what people will come and sit on. Because they will come and see, notice what, has, what is going on. Right? And they will, they will say, wow, there is love in this church. Wow, people, these people are people of faith. People, these people are so friendly. These people love God so much. These people are worshippers. And when they come, even if they don't know how to worship, they will have no choice, right? Because that's what they have met on the ground. If they don't know how to love, you know, by the time we rub off on one another, they will learn by the power of the Holy Ghost. So we must take cognizance Let's put our faith in Jesus to walk through a show of love to others. So I'm almost, I'm almost at the end. Um, okay, so the next point I have here is how are we as a church community holding one another up, especially one, when one of us is walking through or at a particular time in their life have a low degree of faith or even may have lost their faith? How do we step in? Again, put on the cap of the collective. How do we step in? How do we step in? How do we step in? The way we step in is faith at work. How do we provide support? How do we demonstrate a faith that cares? And having said that, I also recognize that some people will choose to be alone. 
you know, people will choose to be alone. But I want to announce to you that that is a strategy of the devil. Divide and conquer, right? Separate that person so that there is no nurturing, there is no friendship, there is no love, right? And then deal with that person. That will not be our portion. So I don't know if you are listening this evening and if you are going to listen to this, this podcast later and, and you, you are of the opinion uh, or of the orientation that, you know, I'm just alone. Nobody, I don't want anybody in my business. I don't want any, not, and it, this is not to say, you know, you come to church and broadcast your secret and you do all that. That is not what I'm saying. But there should be a level of vulnerability that we must display such that the fate of the collective can come in and, and carry you when, you when you need that support. May we not be alone. May we not feel alone in the name of Jesus. We are built for relationship. We are created as relational people. So our church family and faith community uh, are the support that God, that I believe that God has given unto us. And I don't believe that God makes mistakes. Amen. So, like I said earlier, um, change is difficult. Again, for people who have that uh, orientation that, you know, I just do my church thing. I don't want church in my business. Maybe you may have been hurt in the past. You know, um, we all have stories. And I do respect that and I do validate that. Um, but what I'm saying now is, you know, we've been talking about faith. We've been talking about being a brother's keeper, iron sharpening iron. The Bible tells us if you are sick, call upon the elders to come pray for, your, for you. So that shows me that there is, there, is, there is relevance and significance in the collective, in allowing people to come in into your life and, and support you when you need that help. Change is difficult. And you may be saying, church has hurt me in the past. We all get that. It is only God that can, that can heal, that can heal the wound. But you yourself have to give a little room for God to use people to come in and heal that wound in the name of Jesus. Amen. And again, you know, rather than, rather than saying I have been hurt, I've been hurt and I don't want to just open myself up. I don't want to be vulnerable anymore. Maybe you should look at that experience and say, God, what do you want to do with this experience? What do you want to use this experience to do in my life? We've heard of so many global ministries that were established just based on people's experience, the things they have gone through. A lot of the things that we go through in our life, I sincerely believe that it's not just for us, it's for others. And that is my sincere belief. And I stand to be corrected. Because when I've gone through that particular situation, and I come through victoriously, I ha the boldness, the kind of boldness that I would talk about that situation, in fact, you know, it would be so contagious. 
and other people that are going through the, the, that particular or any other situation, they will they might look up to me and say, "Wow, the God that did it for this sister, ah, God, God is on His throne. I know He can do it for me." And before you know it, you'll be using that story of vulnerability to break yokes in people's life, to deliver people from bondages, to set people at liberty. So rather than saying, um, I've been hurt, I don't want to open up to the church, I'm saying God is taking us somewhere. You are part of the vineyard. And we all have our, 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 we all have our, our spots. We all have our spots. We all have our roles to play. So God will help us in the name of Jesus. So um, I, think, I think I've landed. That's pretty much what God laid in my heart. heart. Like just speak in the collective, speak um, in terms of the church. All of us, when we put our hands together, what can we do? And how can we do that effectively? by the power of the Holy Ghost.